Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the River Community Church podcast. If you want more information about the church or things that are going on, you can visit therivercc.com or you can check out our app at app.therivercc.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Steve Chapman. Thanks for watching online. Thanks for joining us as well. And um, I love Christmas time. I love Christmas presents. I love getting Christmas presents. I love giving Christmas presents. How many of you enjoy getting Christmas presents? Raise your hand. Don't be shy. It's okay. A few more. How many of you enjoy giving Christmas presents? How many of you enjoy giving surprise Christmas presents? How many of you enjoy giving bad Christmas presents? So this is this season, it's always my opportunity to uh, be transparent and share with you one of my classic parenting fails. Uh, so many years ago, our oldest child was uh, probably nine years old, and uh, we, uh, wanted to ha- we were having a little fun wrapping presents uh, that evening, and uh, I don't even remember what the, the big gift was, the, you know, the nice Christmas present. I don't even know what it was now, but... Uh, we got all those things wrapped, and we had one more gift, which is the gift that everyone hopes they receive at Christmas time. Yes, it's new socks, right? I mean, that's what everybody wants, right? Now, nobody hopes for that. Nobody is looking and thinking, I hope this is some new socks. Maybe you, I don't know. I like new socks myself, but, but nobody usually is hoping for that. But here's the reality. Here's the reality. Uh, middle of January, you're really glad for those new socks. I mean, right? I mean, especially, you know, if it's, if it's time. But we had some new socks, so I thought, let's have a little fun with this. So we had, wrapped, we had the presents wrapped, and I went and got a big, huge box. And so let's wrap this thing and put the socks in the box. And, uh, and I thought, you know what? We need to, like, throw her off. So we went and got a little weight, about a five-pound weight, stuck that in the box. So this thing's heavy. I mean, this is going to be so hilarious. She's going to come out here. She's going to see the big box as any kid. And then, like, be like, oh, my goodness, and tear into it. And we'll get a big laugh. And we'll say, we're just kidding. There's really some nice presents under there. She comes out. You know, we're, of course, we've got the camera. We're watching. going to catch this, you know, uh, thing. And so she sees, she's looking around. She sees this big box. And I never forget, she just sort of, she sort of set it to the side. That was when I was like, this may not go uh, as, as I thought. She set the big box to the side and she starts opening all these other gifts. And of course she opened the one that was like her big one that we were thinking, this is, she's really gonna be excited. And, and she was, but it was like, oh my goodness, I got this plus the big box. This is gonna be the best Christmas ever. Of course she tore into it and found her socks. And I remember she was like digging around like there's this is heavier than socks. There's got to be something else in here. And of course there wasn't. And um, that was when I realized, you know, God should have just looked at me and said, two children, that's enough. You you obviously don't need any more. But he chose to give us a few more. So I'm not sure about that. And I think my daughter has since forgiven me. I don't know. But here's what that illustrates though. It illustrates something that I think everybody in this room probably can, can understand. And that is how quick, how short the journey from being filled with hope to being overwhelmed with disappointment is. You ever gone that, you ever, you ever traveled that journey from, from filled with hope, having lots of hope to overwhelmed with disappointment? It sometimes can be a very short trip. 
if you've ever been a kid and saw a president was hoping it was gonna be something and only to realize it was socks, that's probably, you know that. But many of you in this room as adults, you know that journey. You have a lot of hope for something and then it doesn't happen and you feel a disappointment. Some of you may be there today. You know that very well. Once morning, we wanna talk about hope. We wanna talk about, as we're in this Advent season and this Advent series, the third Sunday here today, we're talking about hope. Now, what is hope? Well, I looked up the definition. I think I have a pretty good understanding of what hope is, but I looked up the definition uh, for what hope is. And here's the dictionary's simple definition of hope. It is to want something to happen or to be true. That's hope. I want something to happen. I want a circumstance to go this way. I want something to be true. We understand hope. Some of you have hope this morning. You hope that the Titans win this afternoon. That's hope. We hope that they do, right? If you're a Titans fan. We, maybe you're here this morning and you hope that it's, it's end of the year review time at your company maybe and you're hoping you get that promotion that you've been working hard and hope everybody notices. You're hoping for that promotion. Maybe this is the year you've worked hard, you've saved, you've, and you're hoping that they accept the offer you just made on your dream house. And you're hoping that they accept it maybe before Christmas and you can celebrate Christmas in your new home. Many of you here this morning, maybe you're hoping that today's sermon is not boring and it's not long. I make no guarantees, okay? But But we all know what hope is. We understand what it is to hope for something, right? Think Think about hope like that. Here's the thing with hope. Whether we experience that hope becoming reality or that hope turns into disappointment is ultimately dependent upon my ability to make it happen or someone else's ability to make it happen or a combination of the two, right? I hope the Titans win. I have absolutely nothing to do with that. I will cheer my best. They won't hear it, of course, but I will cheer my best, but I'm totally dependent upon them to win. It doesn't matter how much I scream at them, how mad I get, I'm totally dependent upon them. So for my hope to be fulfilled, for my hope to be realized and not to become disappointment, It's dependent on me being able to do something or somebody else being able to do something for me, to me, or a combination of the both. Does that make sense? Shake your head if you got, if that makes, if you get that. I understand what hope is, okay. Because I want you to take that definition, that understanding of hope, and just kind of set it aside. Because that is not what we're talking about this morning, okay. That is not the hope of Advent, all right. The hope of Advent is far greater than that hope that we live with on a regular basis or that we have an experience on a regular basis. The hope of Advent is far, far greater than that. And that's what I wanna share a few scriptures with you this morning. I'm gonna look at a couple of passages in the New Testament. If you wanna follow along, we're gonna put them up on the screen. It's probably easier for you just to kind of watch that. If you wanna write them down, if you got one of those little handouts as you came in, you just jot these these references down and, and go back and read them later. The first one I want to look at is Romans chapter 15, verse 13. The New Testament is full of passages that remind us and instruct us what the hope of Advent is, the hope that we celebrate at Advent and really hopefully throughout the year. It it shows us what this hope is and why this hope is so different from that hope that we sort of play around with on a regular basis. In Romans chapter 15, verse 13, the Bible says this, 
Paul is writing to the church and he says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. There's a couple of things I wanted you to see in this passage this morning when you think about the hope of Advent. The first thing is simply, if you look at that very first phrase, I pray that God, the source of hope. You see, the difference in the hope of Advent, the hope that we're talking about this morning, the hope that we're celebrating from that hope that we kind of hope for a new job, hope for a better this or whatever, the hope of Advent, the reality is the source of that hope is not me and my ability to do something, not somebody else helping me out, but the source of that hope is God. And therefore, that makes it completely different. The source of hope is God. And here's what that hope does. He says, that hope will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. See, if I put my hope in you to do something for me, I'm hoping you come through, I'm hoping this happens. If I put my hope in the Titans, they might quite possibly disappoint me. They might reward my hope, they might come through, I don't know, but they might not. 50-50 maybe. But the Bible here says the hope that God is the source of, it, is, it will fill me completely with joy and peace. There is no disappointment in that hope. And the reason is because, he says, is because I put my trust in him. Not myself, not some other person or entity, but I put my trust in him. And because I do that, that hope fills me completely with joy and peace. And then it says... Not only will I be completely full, but I'll actually overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Most of us, we don't know that kind of hope. When we think of hope, we don't necessarily think of, man, it's complete. I am, I am full of peace and joy, and, and it's just overflowing. Most of the time, it's like, ah, you know, I, yeah, I put my hope in that, but it kind of it let me down. Or I'm still not sure if this is going to come through the way I want it. It's a hope that often disappoints, but the hope we're talking about, the hope we celebrate at Advent is not like that. And I want you to see that it's it's so vital, important that we see the difference this morning. God is the source of this hope. It is a hope that completely fills us with joy and peace, not disappointment. And it's a hope that causes us to actually overflow with hope. So what is this hope that we're talking about? What is this hope of Advent? The hope of Advent is very singular, it's very specific, and it's the hope of eternal life. It's the hope of eternal life. That is the hope that we celebrate at Advent, our eternal life, our salvation, our hope in Christ. Ephesians chapter two, verses 12 and 13, the apostle Paul is writing to the church here, and he's reminding us of where we were, what God has done, and where we are. Look what he says here. He says in verse 12, he says, in those days you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. Now look at this. You lived in this world without God and without hope. Remember, he's already told us that God is the source of this hope. So if you're living without God, you're living without 
hope because God is the source of that hope. He's reminding us is that at one point, that's where you lived. You, lived you, you, you were apart from God and therefore you had no hope. Now you might've had hope in, in a good economy. You might've had hope in your favorite sports team. You might've had hope in a friend. You might've had hope in something earthly, but you didn't have the hope of Advent. You didn't have the confidence and the assurance of eternal life because you were without God and God is the source of that hope. And if you don't have God, you don't have that hope this morning. But, verse 13, but now you have been united with Christ. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. The hope of Advent, the hope we celebrate today is our salvation. We've been brought near to God through Christ. Jesus Christ went to the cross, gave his life so that we might have a relationship with God, so that we who were far from God, apart from God, without God having no hope, we now have this hope of Advent because of what Jesus did. Not because of what I've done or what you did or, or, or the government, but what Christ did when he went to the cross and he gave his life for my sin. I now can have hope. I don't deserve it, I continue to mess up, but I have this hope because of what Christ did. First Peter, Peter echoes really what Paul is saying about this hope in First Peter chapter one, and he says this. He says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at this. He says, it is by his great mercy that we have been born again. This is, that's our salvation. Because God raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Now we live with great expectation some translations refer to that as a living hope. We now have a living hope. In verse four, he says, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. In other words, what Peter is saying here is saying this hope that we have in Christ, this eternal life, he says, it is not dependent upon me at all. It is something that God has freely given through Christ, his death on the cross, and it brings me into this inheritance. I have this hope this morning. I don't know what may be in the Christmas bags this year. It may be something that I'm really wanting. It may be new socks, which by the way, I'm okay with. I like new socks. Thank you, sir. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Or it may be something that I'm like, it may be, you know, a, a tie. My, my, my kids like to give me deodorant. I appreciate it. I'm certain I need it. You know, I'm not really hoping that I get that this year. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but it's like, okay. But the gift that God, the, the, the inheritance that we have in Christ, the hope of Advent is kept for us in heaven and it will never disappoint. We can never lose it. It can never be stolen. It can never rust and decay and be no good. It's great. I mean, half the stuff you're gonna get for Christmas this year, a year from now, you won't even know where it's at. It'll be broken. It'll be rusty. It'll be, it won't be working. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you ever found those electronic toys and like the batteries just get all corroded? You know, I mean, it's like, but God's gift, that gift of hope that he gives us in eternal life, it never it never will be destroyed. It never gets old. It never decays. It never can be taken from us. It is kept for us in heaven. That is the hope of Advent. That is the hope we celebrate. And that is the hope that the Bible says does not disappoint. There's no journey from that hope to disappointment. Romans chapter five, verse five says this. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. This hope will not disappoint us regardless of our circumstances. 
This hope that I'm talking about, and it's very important we understand this, it's not, a, it's not this general hope, like, well, I hope God helps me do good on my, on my finals. I hope God helps me uh, get that promotion. I'm hoping that God's gonna come through. It's not that hope. God may do that or he may not. The hope we're talking about is very specific. The hope that doesn't disappoint is the hope we have in eternal life, the hope of eternal life that we have through Jesus Christ. We say, I hope God blesses me in 2022. I, I promise you he will, but oftentimes the way he blesses us isn't what we're necessarily hoping for. He may bless you with hard times in 2022. Nobody's hoping for that. We're not talking about circumstances. We're talking about a very specific hope, the hope we have in Christ, the hope of eternal life. That hope doesn't disappoint us. If you're hoping in Jesus Christ this morning, if you've placed your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and his death on the cross, you will never be disappointed. That promise God makes of eternal life, you can count on it. Nothing will ever change that. Romans 8, 38 and 39. Paul says, I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, fears of the day, fears of tomorrow, the powers of hell, nothing can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a hope that does not, will not, cannot disappoint. So why are we often disappointed as Christians? You ever been disappointed in God? It's okay to say yes, I have. I have felt disappointment with God. I have felt he didn't do what I hoped he would do. It's like, okay, wait a minute, how, how can this be? This seems to be a, a, a conflict here. It says that this is a hope that doesn't disappoint, but yet I have oftentimes been disappointed. The problem is simply focus. The problem is simply where I put my focus. The problem is taking that hope that we talked about at the beginning, that I hope this happens, I hope this comes through, and we confuse that with the hope of Advent. Hoping God does this for you here in this life, well, that's, it may be God's will, it may not, I don't know. The hope of Advent, that if I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ as my Savior, that he is going to see it through and I'm going to receive the gift of eternal life and nothing can take that away from me. That's a certain hope. Nothing can take that away from me. I have that hope. The problem is oftentimes I put my focus in the wrong place. The psalmist, listen, if you ever want to know, hey, does anybody ever doubt God? Does anybody ever struggle? Does anybody ever get discouraged? Does anybody ever, you know, feel disappointed? Just read the Psalms. Psalms 42, specifically in verse 11, he says this. He says, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? That's disappointment. And he's talking to God. God, I follow you. I trust you. I'm one of your people. Why am I so discouraged? Why am I so sad? The answer is in his response to his own question. He says, I'll put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. The psalmist is like he all of a sudden realizes the reason I'm discouraged, the reason I'm so sad is because I haven't been putting my hope in God. I've put my hope somewhere else or I've put my hope in God doing something that God isn't intending to do. I need to remember to put my hope in something God has promised to do and that he will do and he will not disappoint me. My hope is in God who is my savior. The problem and the reason sometimes we're so disappointed and sometimes with God is because we're putting our focus in the wrong place. We're not focusing on the hope of Advent, the hope of eternal life, the hope that, that nothing can take that away from us, nothing. 
I've preached several funerals this past year. Funerals of, of, of friends and, and church folks and, and, and who have buried loved ones. Here's the thing with funerals. I, it, it's so, I'm so thankful when I know that the person that passed away was a believer. Because in that moment, I can stand to the family and friends and I can say, listen, our hearts are grieving today, but we have a hope. First Thessalonians 4, Paul wrote to the church and said, listen, I wanna remind you of something so that you don't grieve as those who have no hope. Yes, we grieve and our hearts hurt because, because you know, grief is the consequence of loving well and being loved well. And our hearts grieve, but we have a hope because even though this is separation for now, we know where our loved one is because 2 Corinthians 5 says to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. We know where they're at. Yes, we grieve because we would rather they be here right now, but we have this hope that even death can't take from us. Maybe the hope of spending Christmas with them is gone. Maybe the hope of, of running you know, uh, through the fields with them or experiencing life, that hope is gone. But the hope of seeing them again, the hope of knowing where they are, that is certain and that has never changed. And therefore he says, we can grieve not like those who have no hope because we have hope. Nothing can take that hope away from us. The thing is we've got to make sure we keep our focus in the right place. When I think about this, I think of one of my favorite hymns that we used to sing when I was growing up, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Listen to these, listen to these words. I, I, trust me, I'm not gonna sing it. I would totally ruin the moment. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Listen to, the, listen to these words. He says, oh soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. Some of you are there right now. That describes your situation right now. There's no light. You're like, there's no light in the darkness. I just seem like the darkness is closing in. The anxiety, the depression, the fear, the, the, the disappointment. He says, soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see? Here's the answer. <laughs> There's light, but it's not in government. It's not in, this, not in the, the, the circumstances. It's not in your family. It's not even in the church. He says, there's light for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free. So turn your eyes upon Jesus Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. See, our problem a lot of times is that we put too much hope in the light of this world. We put too much hope in the, in the bling and the, the, the attractiveness of the things of this world to find contentment, to find peace, to find hope, to find joy. And the song reminds us, turn your eyes upon Jesus. That's where your hope is. That's where the light is. And it says, as we do that, the attractiveness of the things of this, this earth begin to lose their grip on you. I no longer need those things to be full of hope. I no longer need those things to have peace and joy and contentment because I have found it in Christ. The babe in the manger became the man on the cross who demonstrated his love for me and purchased my salvation that I can now have this hope. That's where our focus needs to be. Do you have that hope this Christmas season? Or are you still trying to find your hope in somebody else, in a relationship, in a situation, in a set of circumstances? Or are you secure this morning? My hope is in Christ and what he has done for me. And no matter what my circumstances may be, that never changes. That's the hope we celebrate at Advent. And the last thing I want you to see is this. When God gives us something to celebrate, he expects us to share it. 
the hope we have, the hope we celebrate, the hope we remember at Advent is a hope that we are to share with others. First Peter 3 he instructs the church, he says this about our hope. He says, he says, you must worship Christ Jesus as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Has anybody asked you about the hope you have recently? It could be that they don't see it. And I think that's the, the, the truth a lot of times as followers of Christ. They don't see the hope that we have. They see us running after the same hope that everybody else is trying to find, only to be disappointed. But when, we, when they see that hope and they begin to ask about it, we need to be ready to tell them about it. We need to be ready to share this hope. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, he told his disciples, he says, listen, freely you have received, freely give. Freely we have received this hope of Advent, we have received this hope, freely we should give it away. What does that look like? For my family, about 23 years ago, it looked like a family coming into our life a mom and three kids. They were in a very hopeless situation. The dad had left them. The mom had some, some, some mental issues and, and they were struggling. The 14-year-old, it was a 14-year-old, 11-year-old and a nine-year-old. The 14-year-old reached out to us, to our church and asked for help. My wife and I felt compelled. We felt moved by God just to step in and help this family. And that's exactly what we did. We basically took this family in our home. Uh, we weren't official foster parents, um, but we stepped in. We really kept this family out of foster care, quite honestly. We brought them into our home. We, we gave them hope. We gave them hope of someone to help with homework after school. We gave them hope of somebody to be there to pick them up after school. We gave them hope of food every night when you get home, breakfast in the mornings. We gave them hope of a nice place to live. We gave them hope of somebody caring for you. We gave them hope of Christmas presents, sometimes bad Christmas presents, I'm sure, but we gave them hope of these things. But more than that, we gave them the hope of Advent because we shared the gospel with them. That was 23 years ago. The family eventually moved to Texas. They were reunited with their dad. We stayed in touch. This past summer, the two boys who are now in their 30s and about six foot five, the boys and their wives and their children came and spent a couple of days with us uh, here in Tennessee. We got out the old videotapes and, and DVDs and were reminiscing and, show, and making fun of them with their, their wives and kids when they were little and dorky. And, but one of the things that came up, we were playing this one DVD and, and they were showing these clips and then all of a sudden this, this clip came on. Sorry. And it was where I had the privilege of baptizing two of them. We didn't just give them hope of material things and circum better circumstances, but we gave them a hope that can never be taken away. We gave them the hope of eternal life, the hope of Advent. That's the greatest hope that we celebrate and that's the hope that we get to give away to others. Two things. Do you know this hope this morning? Do you have this hope of Advent, the certainty of this hope? If you don't, I wanna encourage you to consider the hope of Christ, to consider the gift of eternal life. If you'd like to talk to someone about that and how, to, how, do, I, how do I get that? How do I know that hope? I'd I want this hope this morning. We have a prayer room right back here in the back. After the service, you can go back to the prayer room. Someone will be back there. They'd love to talk to you and pray with you this morning. Come see any of our staff, find any of our staff. Go out to the connections table in the lobby. Fill out the little cards that are there in the, in the chairs and just put your information. Say, I'd like to talk to someone. I wanna know about this hope. Someone will contact you this week. 
take the first step towards understanding and, and knowing and celebrating this hope of Advent. And then secondly, if you know this hope, are you sharing it? Are you sharing it with others? Say, how do we do that? Well, it's gonna look very different probably for all of us, but we wanna give you an opportunity. We wanna give you some suggestions this morning. As you leave this morning, I wanna encourage you to do something, okay? I wanna encourage you to take just a couple of minutes before you leave, and I want you to go downstairs. I want you to go out here into the lobby, go all the way down here towards the elevators. You can take the elevator, you can take the steps, and I want you to go downstairs. We have about nine local organizations, entities that we partner with, we work with, uh, we've got uh, Mustard Seed Ranches down there, Lighthouse Christian Camp, Tennessee Baptist Children's Home, uh, Tennessee Kids Belong. Uh, we've got Department of Children's Services are down there, representatives. We've got uh, several organizations. Hope Adoption Center is down there. I want you to go down there and talk to these people because there are families just like the family I talked about this morning in our community that are hopeless today and you might be the answer that they need. You might be the one that brings the hope of Advent to their life this Christmas this coming year. These are great organizations. I want to encourage you to go down there. You say, well, see, we're not looking to adopt or, or, or do foster care. That's fine. There are so many opportunities for you to get involved and bring hope into other people's lives, other families' lives this morning. Maybe you're good with a hammer and nails. Talk to the folks at Lighthouse Christian Camp, Mustard Seed Ranch, Youth villages, there's lots of opportunities to make an impact and to bring hope into people's lives. Steve Smith and his wife, Kathy, Steve's a photographer, and they have spent countless hours with several of these organizations taking photographs and helping them to promote their organizations and help some of these children find forever homes. You can use your gifts and talents to bring hope, but more importantly, if you have the hope of Advent, you have the opportunity of bringing that hope into a family or a child's life. I wanna encourage you to go down there give you a little more encouragement, we're going to bribe you, okay? I'm not ashamed to say that. If you go down there, you pick up a red card like this. Put your name on it, your phone or your email address. You go by every booth. You get somebody to initial that you, that you stop by. Put it in the little box as you go out. We're going to pull one of those cards out for a gift bag, over $250 worth of prizes and gift cards to local businesses. But you got to get the card filled out. I want you to go down and talk to these folks. They're wonderful organizations. Won't take you that long but go down there and check them out, okay? Just make sure you go down this way, go down the steps over here by the bathroom. And uh, we got volunteers, men and women from our body who've been a part of foster care, adoption that are there to guide you as well. Would love to talk to you as well. Take a few minutes to do that today. Will you do that? Who knows what God may call you into? Who knows what great opportunity may be waiting for you down there? God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for the hope of Advent. God, thank you for the gift of eternal life. Lord, my prayer is that every one of us in this room knows that hope and we can celebrate it and we're ready to share it with others. God, anyone in this room this morning that doesn't have that hope, doesn't have the certainty of that hope this morning, not sure if they have the gift of eternal life, my prayer would be that today they would go to the prayer room, see one of the staff, fill out a card, talk with someone to know more about this great hope we have and that we celebrate here at Advent. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the, the organizations in the basement. Thank you for their time to be here today. Thank you for what they do in our community and our state. And I just pray, God, that you would, would move upon people's hearts to share this hope that we celebrate today. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. 
Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening today. If you were encouraged by this podcast, then we want to encourage you to like, follow, rate us on whatever platform that you are listening to. If you want more information about the church and things going on, visit therivercc.com or download our app. Again, thank you so much for listening to the River Community Church podcast.